I'm just going to read one verse from John chapter 2, verse 5, but go ahead and grab your notes if you'd like that. I got a lot of scripture today, so it'd be good for you. His mother said to his servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Look at your neighbor and say, just do it, just do it, just do it, just do it, just do it. So I I just want to talk from a few moments from this uh, little thought. When I give. What happens when I give? And I was dealing with this title because a, a thought was like, one was like principles that have changed my life. One was like scriptures that have changed my life. Uh, one was like, trust me, this really works. Like I was like, there were so many because I'm just going to share my heart today. I'm really not going to preach. I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to show you things in the Bible that have changed me personally, okay? So I'm not, even, I'm not even practicing what I preach. I'm preaching what I've been practicing for a long time, okay? So when I give, Father, thank you for this moment. I pray that you would open every heart to whatever you have for us today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. When I give. Here, here's the first one. When I give. I give in response. I give in response. Please never forget this. Grace is always the initiator. Always. Grace is always the initiator. Grace always goes first. So when I give by faith, remember faith is always second. We've talked about this in grace series and faith series before. Faith is always second. This means that when I give by faith, I'm giving in response to an invitation from heaven. If God's given me the faith to give, it's because of the grace that he has on my life and the gift that he has for me on the other side of my obedience. (laughs) John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. And because of his generosity, I respond in generosity. Because of what he's done for me, I now respond. But I give in response. I'm not giving to get a response from God. I'm I'm not giving to twist God's arm. I'm not giving to change God's mind. I'm giving because the Holy Spirit is doing a work in me. He's trying to change my mind. He's trying to renew my thoughts. There's obviously something that God is teaching me in the giving. I give in response. Not to repay God, because you can't repay God, but to thank God. I remember when we first got married, uh, one of the elders in our church, Mitch Fox, he pulled me aside this back now, 2006. And he said, Javen, I just want to teach you a little principle. This was like maybe two months after our wedding. He goes, he goes, I, I'm just going to assume that the thank you notes that were to go out to all the people who gave you guys wedding gifts, I just assume those got lost in the mail, right? And I went, yeah, yeah, they got lost in the mail. And he goes, there's nothing like a thank you note. There's just, there's nothing like saying thank you. There's not to repay, but to just say thank you. When I give to God, I'm not repaying God. I can't. 
but I can give him a thank you note. <laughs> I can give him a thanksgiving offering. I can say, God, I recognize all this is from you, and now I give back to you in thanksgiving. This is what David did. First Chronicles 29, 14, he's receiving the offering for the temple, and he says, but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you. And we give you only what you first gave us. I give in response. And just so you know, David gave the equivalent of about $21 billion to the temple. Turn up. Okay. How about this from, from Abraham? Abraham goes to war. He wins a great victory. And now he goes to the priest, Melchizedek who Hebrews chapter 7 says is a type of Christ. So, so he's, a, he's a picture of Jesus. And, and here's what it says. Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Salem is where we get the word shalom. Jeru, meaning city of Salem. Jeru, Salem. This is Jerusalem before it was Jerusalem. Okay, so this is all so much good stuff in here. Anyway, he's the priest of the Most High God. He brought Abram some bread and wine. Hello, salvation. Hello, communion. This is so good. Melchizedek brought Abraham, and then he, he blessed him with this blessing. So now we have salvation, and we have blessing. Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who defeated your enemies for you. So if we could imagine this, Abram comes to Jesus. Jesus saves him. He gives him communion. He gives him bread and wine. He blesses him. What is Abram's response to this? Then. Everyone say then. then. Remember, we're giving in response. The work's already been done. The bread has already been eaten. He's already fed me. He's already given me wine. He's already blessed me. He's already done the work. And according to this scripture, even the defeating of the enemies, the battle that happened before, even God did that. What's my response to God's goodness. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he'd recovered. His response to the blessing of the priest was a tithe, was generosity, was giving. And that's what happens when I give. I give in response. Number two, when I give, I give my money a mission. Here's what we find out from our culture and from our society, that the majority of millionaires or those who reach a clear financial goal will usually deal with some form of depression when they hit their goal. Do I need to say that again? Are we, are we all tracking? Okay. Why? Because money alone does not satisfy. Okay, when I hit six figures. Okay, when I hit 500,000. Okay, when I hit seven figures. Okay, when I hit... Okay, when I get that house, okay when, I, okay, when I drive that car, nothing wrong with goals. But most still deal with depression because it doesn't satisfy alone. Only when you give money a mission, only when you attach it to something significant, only when you connect it to purpose and eternity does it bring fulfillment. So money alone doesn't bring fulfillment. Okay, 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world. You're like, turn up, I'm not rich. You're an American, you're rich. Not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, 
which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything. Now watch this, for our enjoyment. So God is not against our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. I don't know if you just caught what I just read, but Paul just told us how you can enjoy money. You enjoy money by being generous. A lot of money without generosity brings no enjoyment. So Paul goes, hey, it's okay that you enjoy these things. These are a gift from God. It's a, you, should en- you can enjoy your home. You can enjoy your car. You can enjoy vacations. You can enjoy. There's nothing wrong with any of that, but here's how you do it. Here's how money becomes a blessing and not a curse. Here's how it becomes a tool and not a God. You can enjoy it, but just make sure you're, you're also rich in good deeds. I'm giving my money a mission. Okay, so whoever said money doesn't make you happy obviously hasn't given enough away. <gasps> Woo! You know, I know this to be true. You know, at the end of that First Chronicles chapter 29 text, we, didn't, we won't read it. But after that big offering that they took for the temple, the Bible says they ate and they drank and they rejoiced. How can you eat and drink? How can you go eat a big old brunch today excited after you just gave in the miracle offering? Because there's a joy connected to generosity that just... Okay, Ephesians 4.28. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Here's what I want you to understand. Paul is talking to people in the church who are living off the generosity of others. And and not because they're in a really hard time, but because they're lazy. They're not working. They're, They're choosing to take advantage of the generosity of believers. And Paul goes, hey, by the way, whoever those guys are that are that are stealing, they need to stop. And they need to go get a good job. They need to go work. But, but then he, he connects mission to it. He goes, and then you can give generously. Like, you, you can actually contribute. Like, there's an actual joy in this. Like, don't just work to work. Don't just work so that you're not taking advantage of the generosity of people. Work so that you can actually be a part of what's happening in the kingdom of God. So, so I live to give. I live to give, not just to the house of God, to my family, to to my daughter, to our future, to to what we want to set up for her. I live to give. I work for a giving, not just a living. I'm working for a giving. How much can I give? How much can I sow into the future? How How much can I give? To the next generation. How much can I pour into the house of God? Now, I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't. I'm not asking you to empty your bank accounts today. But I'm, but I'm, I'm working for a giving. Second Corinthians 9, 12. Two good things will result from this ministry of giving. Two good things result from giving. Did you catch it? Two good things. The needs of the believer in Jerusalem will be met. That means the day-to-day Needs of the church, they're met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. That means lives are changed. Paul says when you give, two good things happen. The needs of the ministry are met, but not just the needs of the ministry. 
joyfully express their thanks to God, there's life change that happens. Now notice this. He calls it the ministry of giving. Everyone say, I am in the full-time ministry. Okay, y'all didn't know that, huh? But you're actually all ordained today. We're going to lay hands on every one of you, anoint you with oil, give you a plaque. You're in the ministry. Let me tell you why. Because Paul says when you give, it's the ministry of giving. This, woo, boy, this, this word ministry, this word ministry means to be in the full-time service like those who proclaim pastors, apostles, elders, and all ministry gifts. When you give, you are just as much a part of this ministry as the preacher. When you give, your money preaches. When you give. See, because there's, there's places we're never going to go, but our money's going to go. There's people we're never going to see with these eyes, but our money's going to go reach them. There, there, are, there are people that we impact all over the world through this ministry that we will never meet on this side of eternity. But every preacher in the room, if you're a tither, you're a preacher. If you're, a, if you're an offering giver, you're an apostle. If you're, if you're generous, you're a prophet. And your money goes into the ministry. I give my money a mission. I find purpose for money. And number three, when I give, I give with expectation. I give with expectation. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have, watch it, this is the promise of God. Everything you need, plenty left over. And the scriptures say, they shall freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Notice that legacy now. Legacy is happening. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. So notice this. God does not just want you to sow seed. He's going to let you eat too. Praise the Lord. He's going to take care of you, okay? In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. Notice that. We could, we could use the term prosperity if we wanted to. That's become like a bad word in the church, but that's what he's, he's saying. He's going to increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. That means that it's not just financial. It's every area of your life so that you can always be generous. So Paul says, this is the result of your generosity. This is the result of your obedience. There's going to be blessing. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. So so think of it this way. Yes, you're giving it, but not in a way that it leaves your life. It leaves your present, but it does not leave your life. Like sowing seed, it begins to work, produce, and multiply, and it will meet you again in your future. No farmer cries over sowing seed. I don't know if that's proper English, but that's how I wrote it because it made sense to me. No. 
no farmer cries over his own. No farmer looks out over his field with seed in his hand and goes, oh, it's going to, I don't know, is it? I don't know if I, oh, God, no. Because they know what's on the other side. They, they know what's on the other side of this. And it's a lot more than this. You tell me I, I can give to get? I'm telling you no farmer cries over sowing seed. Is this that prosperity stuff? No farmer cries over sowing seed. And no farmer is selfish for sowing seed. It would be expected. So sowing is going to require patience, but it should not scare you. And I just want you to know, this is how Paul talks about giving. He talks about giving is sowing, and sowing is giving. So, so if, I, if I take this seed and I eat it, it dies. And it's, and it's only this much. I'll confess a sin to you. At the beginning of COVID, when everything was going crazy, I went to the bank and I took out some money. Come on, somebody. And I hit it. But then I saw some stocks plummet. And I took the same amount of money as I hid and I put it in the stocks. The stocks have gone crazy. The money that was hiding, it's actually lost value with inflation. It's actually lost. Okay. Well, I've since put it back in my savings account where I think Wells Fargo gave me like three cents the other day for it. Thank you. You're so generous. If I, if I eat it, it's, it's dead. And by the way, this isn't enough for you. And this isn't enough for that farmer. Now, if I hoard it, it remains dormant. And I don't care what you do to this. I don't care how spiritual you are. But if you go put this in your pantry, you can pray in tongues. You can anoint with oil. You can spray it with water. You could command the principalities, powers, demons, spirits of this age. This is not going to produce for you. It's going to remain dormant. But if I sow it, and let me tell you why I'm excited. Let me tell you why he's got chill bumps all over, because I've lived this so many times. But if I sow it, it becomes dynamic. And it literally, Jesus said this, this is what happens to the seed. It goes into the ground and it dies, and then it resurrects, and then it brings forth harvest. This is why I can't not tell you these principles. Because they've changed my life. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. We always reap what we sow. Here's a, here's a shocker. 
we always reap after we sow. <laughs> a lot of people don't like, they want harvest without sowing. <laughs> it's just funny because it's true, we do this. We, we, we pray for harvest without anything in the ground. And that just isn't fair. We always reap where we sow. And we always reap more than we sow. Period. I'm going to have the team come up. Um, always. So let's give you a few little testimonies from my life. Just a few. Just to help you understand this. Um, when we were starting the church, I had a guy in the ministry meet with me. He's a, a pastor. He pastors a large church. And he said, hey, I, I think the church is going to do great. I think the church is going to thrive. And I think the church is going to be awesome. So I don't want to give to the church. I want to give to you. And I just want to make sure you have a salary for the first year. And I just want to place that into your life so that you're not worried personally about money. So I thanked him and he said, so I'm going to give you $80,000. And I had to make a decision. Now, I'm not telling any of you to turn down $80,000. Take it and run. Can I get a good amen? I just want to clarify for any hater on YouTube right now, like, take it, okay? But I knew what was in my spirit. And I knew where God was going to take us. And I looked at that 80,000. And I thought, so is this, is this going to be harvest? Or is this going to be seed? And so I said, give it to the church. And he said, no, I insist. I said, no, I insist. I said, I'm not trying to offend you, but please give it to the church. And if you don't, you're going to give it to me. I'm going to have to pay taxes on it, and then I'm going to give it to the church. So give it to the church, or you're actually taking from me. He goes, okay. And I don't, I don't have a, you know, instantaneous miracle of that. I don't have like this. All I'm telling you is, I had a decision to make, and I believe I am living in some of that harvest today. I believe I'll experience more of that harvest in the future. We also gave a very significant loan to the church when we first started. I had a ministry, we had a business, and I thought, hey, just to help the church financially just be a little bit ahead, let's give the church a loan, and then maybe after the first year, if our church is strong enough, the church can pay us back that loan. And I'll never forget after the first year of the ministry, the board of directors met and they go, okay, hey, church is going well. Let's give you back that loan. And again, <laughs> I just went, if I eat it, that's it, that's my harvest. Even if I tell them, well, let's wait another year, then it's just a dormant. But if I'll, but if I'll sow it. So I said, actually, guys, 
Let's make that a gift. And they said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, let's make that a gift. And I'm not telling you either of those times were like super easy or... I'm telling you there were moments in my life where I, where I had to take what Paul said very seriously. And I had to go, is this seed or not? Do I believe this or not? For, for me, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not, I'm not even advising you to do that. I'm saying for me, I just want you to know, I don't just preach this stuff. I live this stuff. And I've had, and I could tell you 30 other moments like that where I had to go, is this, is this my harvest? Is this enough? Well, Jamie, what, did you like wake up the next morning to like a million dollar check or like, no, no, none of that. But I'm looking at it. I'm looking at harvest. I'm looking at it. There is nothing wrong with connecting great expectation to a great act of faith. It's not selfish. It's not give to get. There is nothing wrong. He is a rewarder, the Bible says, of those who diligently seek him. There is nothing wrong with today as you sow into this offering. There is nothing wrong with connecting great expectation. Maybe, maybe you need to grab your phone today and you just need to go to your little, just your little notes page and you just need to write down a few things you're believing God for. And you need to just remind yourself there's nothing wrong with connecting great expectation to a great act of faith. God, I've, I've taken a, a great step of faith. I've taken a step out on your word. I've sown seed and I've done it, God. I believe in response to your leading, to your calling, to your voice. And now, Lord, I'm expecting. He's not a genie in a bottle. I love when she said that. But man, he is a rewarder. And you can believe God. I want to thank you for sowing. I want to thank you for being a part of this. I don't take it lightly. I don't take it. I don't expect it. I'm so proud of our church for praying. I'm so proud of our church for over the last five weeks and for some people even months just saying, Lord, what are you, what are you calling me to give? And all of us together are going to do what God's called us to do. And we're going to make a great impact in our city. We're going to do it together. And not only are we going to do a lot for the kingdom of God and not only are we going to do a lot for eternity, but I, I just promise you God will respond he just he will and you can believe God for that Father I pray your blessing I pray your abundance I pray for your grace to be multiplied in the lives of your people I thank you that from this offering Thousands and thousands and thousands of souls will come into the kingdom. I thank you that you are raising up a group of people in this city that is so obsessed with image and so obsessed with greed and so obsessed 
with so many other things. I thank you that you're raising up a group of people that are just all in for the kingdom of God. And Lord, I thank you that as we sow, you will cause our life to abound. Every need will be met with plenty left over. This is our declaration. This is what we believe. In the name of Jesus.